We really can't predict the future because nobody can. What we can do, though, is help auto manufacturers recognize, prepare for, and profit from whatever comes next. Auto Supply Chain Profits gives you timely and relevant insights and best practices from industry leaders. It's all about what's happening now in the automotive supply chain and how to prepare your organization for the future, because the auto supply chain is where the money is. Hello and welcome to another episode of Auto Supply Chain Profits. As a supply chain leader out there in the automotive industry, you are faced with a very real challenge of bringing on the next generation of talent, not only attracting that talent, but continuing to educate that talent. And as we know from our five-step roadmap, education and training is critical to the success of supply chain. In this episode, you'll hear from a woman who leads the Women in Manufacturing organization, which could indeed be a fabulous source of information in the answer to that very specific problem. Alison Grayless, welcome to the show. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Alison Grayless, what is your story? Do tell us. My name is Allison Grayless. I'm the president and founder of the Women in Manufacturing Association and Education Foundation. I've been working in trade association work for now more than 20 years and have found great pleasure in having the opportunity to work with members of associations, specifically to meet their business needs. So to help their companies become more productive and profitable and to help provide resources for manufacturing companies to be successful in competitive organizations. I first started my career with a trade association connected to metal forming, mainly working with small to mid-sized privately held companies and business owners. And from there, um, found this great opportunity to create a community for women in manufacturing. Allison, what prompted you to set up women in manufacturing? What was the need that you recognized was essential for women to succeed in the industry? Women still are sadly the minority of the population in manufacturing. Present day, we've grown to a whopping 30%. When I first started working with manufacturing trade associations 20 years ago, I hovered more closely to around 26, 27%. So we've had a very modest increase. What we found is there was really great interest from the women I was able to connect with through conferences and events and finding other women like them. So finding a community of individuals that they could share expertise, that they could share insights, So based on that interest of women wanting to find others like them, we first started with some virtual meetings. And then what we created in what is present day, our annual summit is what came to be as our big annual conference where we could connect women in industry. It really was multi-pronged, again, for their own personal and professional development needs. How long ago did you start Women in Manufacturing? You know, we weren't sure what type of thereafter would be when we first started the summit conference. What was interesting is that immediately upon creating this community, this opportunity to meet live, we had women requesting, how do I join? How do I become part of this organization? What career opportunities do you see today uh, for women in supply chain and manufacturing? You know, there's a multitude of different career opportunities. There are, there's no shortage of companies needing individuals and talented people, irregardless of gender in their manufacturing operations. I think present day, the number um, hovers near a million open manufacturing positions. And as we power year round a job board called WimWorks, 
Lots of different types of engineers are sought after for manufacturing companies to do things connected to maintenance, to safety, to business development, to be process engineers. We see companies looking to fill company positions, but also they're different positions than what they were 20 years ago. Obviously, we know Industry 4.0 and manufacturing technology has really changed the landscape of positions. I think there's tons of opportunity for individuals who are interested in problem solving. There's lots of different applications of that in the current positions in manufacturing. Allison, do you see positions or opportunities in the supply chain side as well to manufacturing? Definitely. There's lots of supply chain opportunities and companies are looking for individuals who can be problem solvers, innovators who have expertise to hop into these positions in these companies. Speaking of recruiting more people into manufacturing, how is Women in Manufacturing as an organization bringing the next generation, the younger generation forward into the possibilities of careers in manufacturing and supply chain? Since early in our evolution as an organization, we knew that there were still a lot of myths and misconceptions around what manufacturing is. So we've been very intentional since our early start to really message and market and talk about what modern manufacturing looks like. We have been very active for years on social media. We have a very active blog series to which we've interviewed more than 100 women to share their story. It's called Hear Her Story. It's, again, trying to illuminate and to inform people about what modern manufacturing looks like. It doesn't look like what we might think of with with lots of dirty factories and facilities. That's not what modern manufacturing looks like. And so trying to inform new generations, manufacturing is modern. It's a different place than what you might have thought. And as well, that there's great opportunities for financial and personal success in these professions in manufacturing. So using social channels has been huge for us and leveraging our blog series here. Her story has been in fact impactful. We also have 31 active chapters of the Women in Manufacturing Association around the country. And we see them as our best ambassador organizations to reach youth groups, to start connecting with Girl Scouts, as well as technical colleges, career educational institutions. So helping us have more outreach as it relates to students. And then lastly, I'd say we do have a student membership. So we make it very affordable, very low cost. It's, I think, $25 annually for a student to join. And they have full access to all of our learning resources, to all of our amazing mentors, our women who are part of our member community, which is near 15,000 present day. We hope all of these efforts, in addition to the great efforts of our manufacturing company members and corporate members, will make a difference and have more women wanting and selecting a career in manufacturing I've attended many of your conferences, and I am really impressed with the number of young women that are in attendance. In our ebooks, Delivering on the Promise of Delivery, we talk a lot about the importance of training in our five-step roadmap. What is WIM doing to help educate and train young women in supply chain and manufacturing? So education and training is critical. We know that when we survey our members and they cite those key things that they feel that they need in their career, the number one is typically opportunity to have access to training, education, and professional development. So we've been very focused on providing avenues by which they can access education and training. We do have formal leadership programs. So we have three of them. Our newest is our Empowering Women in Production program which we've already graduated 65 women from the program. We have 150 enrolled in our cohorts two and three. So we have that program, which is a virtualized program. It's a 20-week experience. And we're really trying to meet people where they are at. 
folks are providing them access to probably what might be their first formal assessment. We're providing them access to coaching, you know, helping them create that roadmap of what they'd like to achieve in their personal and professional life and helping them find applicability with that current manufacturing company that they're at. We also have a program for early career managers called our Management Development Program. That's as well a virtual learning experience that includes as well assessment and coaching opportunities, as well as a whole formal curriculum. And then we have um, same core competencies that are kind of covered throughout all of these programs. And we end with our executive women's leadership program, which we do in partnership with Case Western Reserve University. So those are our formal educational programs, but we also are delivering education year round through our virtual learning series, which is complimentary to members. They're hour long learning sessions that we deliver monthly. And then we also have a whole on-demand learning library that members can go and have access to. And there's close to 100 hours of learning on topics like supply chain management there within that learning hub. That's in addition to what we're producing in our annual conferences, which have educational tracks. For example, our summit this year has 37 plus educational tracks. And then our chapters who produced more than 200 programs last year, many of their programs are as well connected to training and education. So no shortage of opportunity for people to tap into some learning and development programs that we deliver. And then we always work with manufacturers and we're always listening to manufacturers to say, what else do you need? For example, that Empowering Women in Production program I mentioned, that was designed specifically as a request and in collaboration with manufacturing companies coming to us saying, we're really struggling with retaining our production level women. How can we work collaboratively on a program that's going to help them identify their areas of interest and gaps and where they need to develop? Hopefully, this would be a tool to help them want to stay at that organization or at minimum stay in manufacturing. So again, that was a year and a half process of development with an advisory group of different leaders in manufacturing and with manufacturing organizations. And then the output has been that empowering program. Allison, how do your members or companies actually leverage your training through your organization? You know, we almost have now 300 corporate member companies and clients that we work with. We want them not to just join, but obviously to use our resources. So in terms of corporate membership, a company joins, they then have unlimited individual memberships. So anyone in their organization can access our resources. So we've created tools like using QR codes for individuals to access not only setting up their profile and their membership, but as well, you know, quick link codes where they can go, for example, and go to the virtual learning library or sign up for one of our monthly learning sessions. We also provide companies a lot of plug and play messaging and communication so that they can use that in their corporate newsletters or in communications to help people know of upcoming programming or resources. Allison, you mentioned a bit earlier about your upcoming annual conference. Tell us a little bit more about that conference and some of the training tracks that you've got scheduled for that conference. So we have our annual summit coming up, our 2022 summit being held October 10th through the 12th. It's in Atlanta, Georgia at the Omni CNN Center downtown. And we are thrilled to welcome what we believe will be more than 900 people to this year's conference. And educational tracks vary in content. And as well, they've really been created to meet kind of the needs of all different types of women, as well as male ally manufacturing leaders. So we have tracks, for example, that focus on business excellence, operational excellence. We've got technology and innovation tracks. We've got also leadership tracks that can help people at their different stages of leadership and careers within manufacturing. The conference as well is designed to help facilitate people making new connections, externally networking outside of their companies and organizations. We hope they leave 
informed with new information that can help them personally and professionally. And then as well to go back with new ideas and solutions for their organizations and companies. And then we also do have an optional 5K run on Sunday the 9th. It's called the Horizon 5K. And it's meant to benefit our education foundation, which helps us to deliver and design and execute all of those learning and training programs that I mentioned previously. Allison, what is the one thing, the one piece of advice that you would want to give supply chain leaders out there today? The one thing I would ask all supply chain leaders who are listening today to today's podcast would be is to, to share their story and to be an industry ambassador. As I mentioned, our organization is trying to do it on the behalf of all of the amazing women that fill manufacturing positions, but we would highly encourage those people in supply chain management positions and leadership positions to share their story of how did they get to their current position? What does a day in the life look like? Whether it be on vehicles like LinkedIn to be sharing some of the exciting work that they and their organizations are doing or on other social channels. I mean, the goal is to reach a new generation and excite them about supply chain and manufacturing and how better to do that, but then to leverage the great talent and leadership and expertise that's sitting in these positions. So we would encourage people to be ambassadors, to be spokespeople for the industry and to share their stories. Alison Graylis, thank you very much for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. Are you ready to find the money in your supply chain? Visit www.autosupplychainprofits.com to learn how, or click the link in the show notes below.